But instead, we get a new sermon series on the Psalms. The Psalms are 150 hymns. hundred and fifty hymns really or poems or meditations that ancient Israel used to worship God. In them you will find the whole gamut of human emotion and God's divine activity in the world. In fact, scholar Walter Brueggemann says that there are actually three things that the Psalms do. The first third of the Psalms orient us to God. It tells us how, as people of faith, we might live our lives the way God would like us to. The bulk of the Psalms, however, that middle part, those are Psalms where people are in terrible pain, when they cry out in distress and fear when they need healing. Brueggemann calls these Psalms, Psalms of disorientation, because when we are in pain is when we tend to turn from God the most. The last third are psalms of reorientation, where the psalmist tells us how we can again turn toward God. And so we will begin today with Psalm 1. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners trod, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season. And their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, take all the words that I will say and take all the meditations of our hearts and minds and turn them toward you. May we hear you speak words of life and love into our lives this day. Amen. So in the past three weeks, I've been to two funerals, two funerals that I didn't lead. One was for my grandfather and one was for an old friend in Athens, Georgia. And when you attend a funeral, maybe you've had this experience. As you stand around the grave, you ask yourself, what makes a good life? What does a life well-lived look like? That's what Psalm 1 is asking also. What does it mean to be happy? What does it mean to be the kind of person who will experience happiness? Maybe the better question for us, though, is what is happiness? It's been answered different ways at different times, all the way from Aristotle to Gretchen Rubin, who a few years ago wrote a book called The Happiness Project. Over and over again, though, there is one sort of definition that comes up, and that is that happiness is when we have our desires fulfilled, that when there is something we want and long for, and that when it is filled, that would make us happy. But specifically, 
for people of faith over and over again in the Psalms. The thing we are called to desire as beloved children of God is a relationship with God. To be close to God, to have that desire filled in our lives is what true happiness is made of. The Psalms bear this out. Even in the depths of pain and of struggle, you hear of their desire to be close to God because we know that whether they are good times or bad times, to be close to God is its own kind of peace. And so this psalm tells us how we are to go about that. We are to meditate on the law of God day and night, to meditate on the word, on scripture. We are to immerse ourselves in the loving words that God has spoken to God's people through all time. We are also called to remain rooted in who we are, to remember that to belong to God is to have deep roots like a tree beside the water that gives off abundant fruit, to stand tall in good times and in bad. That's what leads to happiness. But here's the thing about the Psalms. They know humans too. Martin Luther said that when you read the Psalms, you learn as much about humans as you do about God. And in this Psalm in particular, the psalmist writes that there are things that will try to lead us away from this happiness. There are things like other people. Following in the way of other people may lead us away from God. And when it talks about sitting in the seat of scoffers, I think that really means that we have to avoid doubt and cynicism as much as we can. For those are not of God. Those do not bring us closer to God. To remain rooted means that we aren't easily swayed like chaff in the wind. And finally, the psalmist tells us that to be happy, to live this way of life, to desire nothing more than to be unified with our loving God, that can really only happen with God's help. Think about when we ordain elders and deacons. We ask them if they will live out this way of faith. And if so, to please say, I will with God's help. It is God's help that we need in order for us to live out this way of life, this way of happiness. At both of those funerals that I've attended, both of the men were people of great faith. And standing around the graveside, one thing was abundantly clear that we were laying to rest, not a perfect person, not a person who never made mistakes. In both cases, we were laying to rest flawed people, people who had sinned, people who'd hurt others at times. But the overwhelming truth was that yes, they did get disoriented, but over and over again, they would pick themselves back up and reorient themselves to their life of faith. They may have strayed at times in their desire to be with God, but over and over again, they reoriented themselves and practiced the things that would bring them closer to God. Now, 
I don't know what it is for you, what the daily or weekly things that you do are that bring you closer to God. Part of it, I think, is this time, our time of worship. Part of it may be prayer or silence or meditation. A lot of it should be service, reaching out to others. But whatever it is, do not forget that your chief end is to glorify God and love God forever. We were made with this desire to be close to God. And only that can bring true happiness. I have no doubt in the case of my grandfather and of my friend, imperfect though they were, that they got to hear the seven most beautiful words. Welcome home, my good and faithful servant. That is a life well lived. Thanks be to God. Amen.